Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, December 16th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Big companies in Spain are vying for funds the EU set aside for the pandemic recovery effort. The UK wants to beef up its position as a shipping registration hub after Brexit, and online brokers are trying to figure out how to hold on to the new customers they picked up during the pandemic. Plus, Britain plans to build another nuclear power plant off England's east coast. How does this mesh with its goals to go carbon neutral in the next 30 years? We'll take a look. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Last week, the EU agreed to a seven-year budget and a 750 billion euro coronavirus recovery fund. At the top of the list of countries that will receive a big chunk of the recovery fund is Spain, one of the country's hardest hit by the pandemic. Its GDP is expected to contract by more than 11% this year, and the country will get about 72 billion euros in EU grants between 2021 and 2023. But some of the Spanish companies applying for the fund are among the country's biggest. Blue chips, including telecoms company Telefonica, the Volkswagen subsidiary Seat, and the renewable energy group Iberdrola want to throw their hats in the ring. They're doing this by trying to get included in a government registry. Groups on this registry will get preferential consideration for carrying out projects and receiving subsidies. Telefonica is proposing the funds be used to help make Spain the first country in the EU bloc with 100% fiber optic coverage. Seat wants to finance a project to roll out electric car charging ports. The president of Spain's independent authority for fiscal responsibility says the private sector could play a vital role in getting projects off the ground quickly, but it's a departure from tradition. Usually, the government designs the projects and companies carry them out. And so, the spending watchdog wants an independent agency involved to properly assess risk. Boris Johnson has been focused on making Britain a global maritime leader again. And yesterday, we found out that after Brexit, one of the ways the UK hopes to do this is getting shipping companies to register their vessels in London. I called up the writer of the FT's Brexit briefing newsletter, Peter Foster, to ask if he could explain why the UK is charting this course. Well, what we've seen is an indication that the government is looking to expand its tonnage tax regime. Now, this is an EU-wide regime that enables companies, shipping companies, to avoid corporation tax in exchange for registering their ships in an EU jurisdiction. Now, what the government wants to do is to take that existing regime, which was started in 2000, and expand it in a way that wasn't possible under EU membership, particularly, for example, including oil rigs and static platforms in the UK regime to get what they described as a competitive advantage over EU regimes, which are run under the uh, EU state aid, state subsidy protocols, uh, and which uh, would prevent them, as things stand, from uh, including static platforms, but also, for example, funding the training of cadets, another thing that they look to do broadly to expand the scheme in a way that they can point to it and go, we couldn't have done this under EU membership. And here is a clear benefit uh, of leaving the European Union and attracting more shipping uh, to flag, to register under the UK flag. So, Peter, the proposal seen by the FT repeatedly references Singapore as a benchmark for the UK's post-Brexit aspirations. What, What is the significance of that? You know, it's a sort of talismanic thing because the government has decided to prioritise sovereignty uh, in the Brexit negotiation, but also uh, its ability to diverge, to become 
uh, what is often described as Singapore on Thames. Now, this is a very narrow example of that. I think actually in, in total, the government doesn't really have a political mandate for widespread deregulation. But this would be one example of where the government uh, is able to emulate somewhere like Singapore to show that by being outside the European Union, by being uh, nimbler and with a different jurisdiction, it can have an advantage. And, and when Brexit happens, it's going to have a disruption delay as we move into a new trading relationship. And it's going to want some upsides to point to. And I think this is probably uh, politically designed to, to be directed at that. And a pandemic recovery isn't necessarily good news for everyone. Online brokers had a record number of new customers sign up to investment platforms in the U.S. and Europe over the past few months. They can thank two factors for that activity, people being stuck at home and market volatility. It led to trading levels that were two or even three times busier than before the pandemic. So what happens when those users go back to the office and markets cool down? Well, these online platforms are worried people will be less likely to trade. And so they're trying to figure out how to keep people glued to trading. Some ideas, newsletters for novice investors, financial literacy tools, and educational video content. And they want people to stick around. Acquiring new customers is expensive for online brokers. And experts say many brokers are banking that customers will be too lazy to switch. Britain's fleet of nuclear reactors are nearing their end. By the year 2030, all but one will be retired. Despite the growing importance of renewable energy supplies, some still see nuclear power as a key to Britain's longer-term goal to reduce carbon emissions. This week, UK ministers confirmed that they'll start talks with the French utility EDF to finance a new nuclear power station in Sizewell along England's east coast. I asked the FT's energy correspondent, Natalie Thomas, why nuclear energy is so controversial in the UK. Well, this debate over nuclear power plays into how the UK is going to reach its legally binding commitment to reach net zero by 2050. You know, it's going to affect all of us. The power system has changed so dramatically uh, in the past decade in particular, as the UK has worked to phase out coal-fired power plants by 2025 at the latest. You know, this affects all of us. It's not something that we have a direct choice over, but we all have a, a stake in it, so to speak. So, Natalie, nuclear power stations are, are of course, very expensive to build. And, and so the government is tapping foreign expertise and investment. In the case of Sizewell C, uh, which is the third nuclear power plant on the site, What's the proposed funding model? That's a very good question. And in fact, one everyone in the en energy industry would really love to know the answer to. <laughs> uh, at the moment, the government is really keeping its options open. So on Monday, it said that it was starting formal talks with EDF over a funding model. But this has been ongoing for a number of years. It, last year, the government, that is, launched a consultation on something called a regulated asset-based model. That's a model that, that's used to finance other infrastructures, such as a big new super sewer uh, in London. On Monday, the government said that the regulated asset-based model was still a credible basis, in their view, for funding large-scale nuclear plants, but it's also exploring other options. And ministers have also stated that they would consider taking an equity stake in the project. So there's constant speculation about this funding question. At the moment, we don't actually know. You know, this is going to be a process of negotiation now between the government and EDF. 
Now, Natalie, environmental groups have attacked the proposal for the Sizewell nuclear plant and another plant that's under construction. That one's called Hinkley Point C in Somerset. They call them unnecessary and more expensive than other alternatives. Um, What's their thinking on that? So environment groups love to compare what's called a strike price. It's essentially a guaranteed price of electricity that the UK government promises to a developer. And environment groups love to compare these guaranteed prices between nuclear and offshore wind projects. So to get Hinkley Point C off the ground, the UK government in 2013 agreed with EDF and its junior partner on the project, CGN of China, that when the plant was up and running, they would get a guaranteed price of electricity of £92.50 per megawatt hour for 35 years. Last year, there was an auction for renewable projects in which offshore wind developers committed to building projects for guaranteed prices of £39.65 per megawatt hour for 15 years. So, you know, there's obviously quite a big difference between the two and environment groups therefore believe it's a no-brainer to really just build out offshore wind, making sure there's sufficient power when the wind isn't blowing or the sun isn't shining. And therefore, nuclear supporters claim that comparing the strike prices of nuclear and of offshore wind is really an unfair comparison. You're not comparing apples with apples. Natalie Thomas is the FT's energy correspondent. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you. Before we go, the EU is threatening to break up big tech companies that repeatedly engage in anti-competitive behavior. A draft of the new Digital Markets Act warned that rule-breaking tech companies will face fines of up to 10% of their global revenues. Brussels also warned that tech companies fined three times within five years could be broken up. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.